The year is 1992. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. from its origins to today. I'm Zach, the comic book journeyman, and today I am joined again by Charlotte, who is, um, Charlotte. So, I, like, I'm I'm a comic book journeyman. Dave is a comic book expert, master, I guess, um, more like masturbator. Uh, and what would you, <laughs> <laughs> what would you consider yourself? Where do you put yourself on this rank? Um, well, first of all, I wouldn't call myself a comic book masturbator. Um... Okay. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so... The, and I don't think I'm Dave using, does either. I'm I'm using the like American classification. Uh, well, oh you know, right, Dave's yeah. Dave's the French classification and, is a bit different. Yeah, Dave, Dave did give me permission to say whatever I want about him when he's not in the episode. I, I'm pretty sure I have that in writing. Um, yeah. yeah. So I'm using so the like trade American trades, which is like apprentice, journeyman, master. There's only three, which so I know nothing to, about. So yeah. So if you want uh, to go guess, by like, oh yeah, what is it? Yeah, maybe uh, like. To base on another system of classification, that based like on belts from martial arts, mm-hmm. and I guess it'd be like uh, Ooh, a rainbow belt. Ooh, yeah, perfect. Okay, so Charlotte, so, the yeah, rainbow I'm the belt. coming book rainbow ah, belt. Come for rainbow belt, perfect. Um, okay, so Charlotte's uh, with us again, and these episodes <laughs> for 1992 because a variety of reasons. So Dave has been on paternity leave, but in and out recording, so the episodes kind of got scrambled. Um, I just made a move all the way across the country, 2,700 miles across the country to California. And uh, so my move in the move, my stuff hasn't been ready to put out episodes. So uh, that's why my setup might sound a little weird. I'm in a room that isn't quite soundproofed yet. Um, so the episodes, oh man, the timeline is destabilized for my marvelous <laughs> year right now. So this, this episode, uh, this variant cover is coming out before a different variant cover that we already recorded that I just haven't edited yet. That it like talks about what if in Suicide Squad, so like we're we're all out already here. But anyway, yeah. um, look forward to that. That's coming out soon. But this week we're doing another variant cover, and Charlotte and I are going to answer some listener questions. We are going to talk a little bit about Webtoon and uh, is it Tapas, right? Um, some like small user created web comic apps. Yeah. And we are going to talk about at the end Shang Chi. The, uh, the new MCU movie, which uh, we'll, we'll give a warning because we're probably going to do a full-on like spoiler talk about it, but we'll, uh, we'll give you a heads up so you can duck out if you haven't seen it yet. Although I will say, I don't think there's much to spoil about this movie. I mean, Charlotte and I both like it, but like, yeah. there's, there's, there's no big surprises here, I don't think. So like, unless you're really spoiler-averse, um, you know, I, I think you'll probably be fine to listen throughout. There's, there's really not a ton <laughs> that is like super surprising about that movie. Um, okay, so uh, let's start up with some listener questions. Do you have any in front of you, Charlotte? Uh, no, I don't yet. I can... Okay, I get, I get one. Johannes yeah. asks, in case of several emergencies, which comics would you use to extinguish a fire, seal a leak, burn a light to, <laughs> burn to light a fire to get rescued from a lonely island, 
protect yourself from radiation or throw at me in order to shut me up. So I have <laughs> answers for all of these. Do you? Oh, good. Thank God. Like, okay, I, so... Yeah. Thank <laughs> God we have someone funny on the show, finally. Okay. <laughs> all right, so to ex- extinguish a fire. John Burns' Namor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, to seal a leak, uh, John Burns' Fantastic Four. Okay, all right. This is this is <laughs> becoming less funny by the answer. All right, to light a fire. Uh, John Burns' Fantastic Four 2. <laughs> okay, <laughs> protect yourself against radiation. Uh, any comic in which a woman is fridged. Mm-hmm. And throw at Johannes to shut him up. <laughs> Grant Morrison's Multiversity. Oh, okay, that one's interesting. Why, uh, why Morrison's? Just because, like, the she- have you ever seen like the sh- the sheer volume of that book? No, uh, uh-uh. uh, it's big. It's huge. Okay, wait. So uh, I feel like your classification was changing here as we went. What was it? Just that these are big omnibuses? No. Okay. So extinguish a fire. I was searching like something that has something to do with water, but also mm-hmm. a comic okay. that I don't care about. So John Burns okay. name more. I kind of kind of got that. Okay. You know, I have the omnibus to that one, and I have not read it. Yeah. It's a kind of insane. It's it's like one of the. It was. It was some huge eBay lot that had like both Fantastic Four omnibuses and the She-Hulk yeah. omnibus of his, and it also had the Namor one. But it was such a good deal, even with the Namor one, that I still yeah. ended up getting it. it uh, I still haven't read it yet. That's very weird. So it's somehow it's somehow halfway to being an Iron Fist comic. Weird. Okay, because I've read Weirdly. like the first two issues, and it's like Namor becomes a uh, a businessman and starts yeah. a corporation, and that's like all I know about it. So. Because I think uh, John Byrne was drawing the Heroes for Hire, uh, like Luke Cage and Iron Fist series in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was, like, the title ended. And he Iron Fist was only brought back to the Marvel Universe in his uh, Namor series. Like, he weird. probably has some affinity okay. for Iron well, Fist. Well, I gotta, I gotta jump back into that and check that, check that yeah. whole run out I, at some point. I'd say the most interesting thing about it is I think it's some of Jay Lee's first Marvel work. Yes, yeah, I I knew that because yeah, it gets some of those like insane yeah. Jaili covers, yeah, right? Yeah, with yeah. the like the striations of muscles and, and the really Nemo wild looking stuff. like the Hulk. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, it's so weird. I mean, no offense to, I mean, some offense to John Byrne, but like, oh, full offense, I, John Byrne, I, yeah, my part, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I I love his stuff, but like, yeah, offense to yeah, John yeah. Byrne. But um, like, I even read the Namor omnibus, but it's still yeah. like I know I, we've talked about this so much, but man, does it kill me that John Byrne's Namor has one of these deluxe hardcover omnibuses and in Nascenti's Daredevil. Yeah. Does not. Yeah, like, yeah what exactly. A, oh, in like, yeah. That's anyway. All right, don't, don't need to talk about that anymore. <laughs> um, okay, and then uh, protect yourself against radiation. What was the, the goof there? Uh, fridging, because like uh, Indiana uh-huh. Jones gets into a fridge to protect himself and get, oh, to boy. protect himself oh, against radiation. That's a complicated, I mean, that's pretty funny, but that's a... Yeah. You really got to be in Charlotte's head at that exact moment to figure that one out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then you told us about Morrison's. It's just a big book to throw at Johannes. Exactly. Okay. Do you have All any right, good. Uh, answers for this? No, no, I have nothing. Because <laughs> these questions of like, uh, what Marvel superhero would you most want to be a sandwich? Is like, it doesn't... I'm sorry, listeners. It, I, I, I got nothing for these. It's not my strong suit. <laughs> Um, What's, wait, because now I'm, I'm trying to think about it seriously. What superhero would you like to be? A sandwich? Are superheroes sandwiches or tacos? That kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Because no, I, I, mean, I, I was thinking about it like if you were to have to eat a superhero as yeah, a sandwich, yes, which yes. one would you want it to be? Yes, that was my question. Uh, Spider-Ham. Okay, well, God. You're, all right, maybe... 
I guess keep these questions coming and coming just <laughs> for Charlotte. <laughs> She's very good at them. Dustin asks us, in honor of Shenshi, which of you would win in a hand-to-hand combat, including Dave, who is not here? So, I mean, both of us would beat the daylights out of Dave. Like, easy, easy. <laughs> Charlotte and I, easily, oh, one hand tied behind if, our backs. Would that's if we're Dave. teaming up. No, no, individually. No problem. <laughs> I'm just saying, he's not here. Okay, he can't well... defend himself. We, you know, he's... Uh-huh. I think, I, I mean, I've met Dave in real life. It's weird. You wouldn't get this from just, like, hearing his voice. But he's, like, 90 pounds and, like, four foot six. It's really strange. Like Yeah, those bear... garbage uh, matrix mean nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I'm so sorry. Yeah, he's um, one meter tall and... Uh, <laughs> I don't four, think he's one meter tall. Four kilograms. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, I, you know, <laughs> so I work in I work fuck? in science. I should actually know <laughs> grams a little better. I, I guess yeah. I could tell you. I have an intuition about how much rats weigh in grams, but humans, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, I mean, so you. How and many me, rats make a Dave? That's the question. That's a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Would I rather fight fifty rat-sized <laughs> Daves or one Dave-sized rat? That's the real question. <laughs> Um, okay, here's the thing about me that I haven't talked about on the show, yeah. and this is about you and me fighting Charlotte, um, is that I did get my yellow belt back when I was six years old, so I've got some skill in these hands, just so you know. Okay. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah, yeah. I... So I, to, though, to be honest, the only thing I remember actually walking away from those uh, karate lessons is uh, the teacher taught me to tell my, my left from my right, and that stuck with me, because I couldn't tell up until then. <laughs> So those karate okay. lessons really paid off. Thank you, mom. I did like I haven't uh, done any sports for the past maybe four to five years. But mm-hmm. like I spent ten years of my life going to to swim every week, and I still like oh, wow. I still weirdly have abs from it. Oh, cool. Unexpectedly. So, so like, but no, what are you gonna, like, I, I don't hit, have hit the attention span to win. Not... I don't have an, the attention span to win a fight. ADHD is so hard that you like yeah. get distracted while someone's throwing a punch at you. <laughs> Basically, incredible. Okay, um, so <laughs> so I will be like uh, forcefully remembering my left from my right while Charlotte uh, is like flipping through social media apps because she's exactly. Right. Yep. Uh, okay, yeah. Megan asks if. Oh, please, do you have more answers? No, no, no. I, I was gonna say I let the both of you knock each other out and. Uh... And then stand yes, victorious uh, over our bodies. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Good plan. Megan asks, if you had a what-if moment in your life, what would it be? It could be something legitimate or something magical. Um, <clears throat> I have an answer for this. Yeah? What if Charlotte ran Comic Book Herald, and then <laughs> all those years ago, when I emailed the head of Comic Book Herald to start my marvelous year, she had been my co-host from the beginning. Okay, so what year was that? Uh, 2018, I think, is when I emailed Dave. Okay. Because we started so in January would have been 2020, or 2019. A, I would have been running a comic book um, website at 18-year-old, but yes. the, I think when did CBH begin? Maybe 2015, something like that? I don't, I can't remember. No, wait, he's been doing it for like a decade now, I think. All right, okay, so that means I would have had to start uh, CBH yeah. at like 12? Which, I mean, to be honest, like, if you were running CBH when you started when you were, like, 12 years old, you would have be, been a prodigy, a comic book prodigy. Or comic the website would have failed after a week. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I have trust, <laughs> I have trust in teenage Charlotte. Um, <laughs> anyway, this was just an excuse for me to be, like, 
to take okay. another jab at Dave while he's not here because I'm too scared to do it when he's on the show. Um, do you have <laughs> do any? Do you think do he's going to beat you up from across the United <laughs> States? It's a good. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Do you have any uh, what if moments from real life? I'm gonna uh, be. I'm gonna be the Zach on this one. I don't have an answer for this. <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> one, right? And, and then also, it's like either something silly or like. What was yeah, something I mean, in your life that went seriously wrong that you want to fix? I mean, what if I'd never <laughs> subscribed to to the My Motors here Patreon? Uh, I wouldn't be a <gasps> co-host now. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's just a sad what if, though. Yeah. Those are the worst uh, not, I mean, not all those are what if are happy. Yeah, most of the I don't think most of them are happy, happy, actually. Most of them are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if something worse happened? Exactly. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I don't really have one on this one, sorry. Yeah, it's fine. Johannes asks another series. He's got a more serious question. From what we've read so far, what are your biggest recommendations for a light and easy read or a heavy comic, uh, either in regards to topic or accessibility? Um, if you want uh, one of each, uh, I have one of each, and you could do one of each. Yeah, uh, you can start. Um, I have a few ideas, but I don't have them quite figured out yet. So, Sean, start. Okay. Well, he he says from what we've read so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that's, I don't know, it, it's weird because when I was thinking of, like, light and breezy comic, like, early Marvel isn't that, right? Like, they don't really get super light and breezy. No, and especially this, this looking back on. at them now, after 60 years, it's hard to get into if you're not used to that type of story, of storytelling and writing. I mean, the thing is, like, a lot of stuff starting in the 70s and 80s isn't, like... That there is a lot of stuff that isn't that really overly worded. It's well paced and it you know yeah. it flows well and it's fine. But like being like really light and breezy, like um you know like the, some comics now that might even be too slight to be like really substantial, but might be just kind of a fun breezy ride. Um, yeah. There's still not a lot of stuff like that. So like I don't know. I, I'm trying to think because when I think light and breezy, a lot of what that means to me is that like it's just very simple to read. But a lot of that comes down to pacing. Yeah. Right. I mean, a lot of weirdly, I wouldn't say it's. I wouldn't oh, call well. it exactly light and easy, but Frank Miller's Daredevil is. I know that's what I easy keep, to read. I, but the, yeah, that's what I kept thinking, and I'm like, it's not yeah. light and breezy, but like, because yeah, it's saying, a good like, first recommendation. It's it's very well paced, and he doesn't yeah. he doesn't use text when he doesn't have to, right? Yeah, so yeah. I think that's that's what it means is that like it just goes down really easy because he's in so total control like leading you along that comic uh okay so that yeah. I, uh, yeah we can both choose that and that actually pairs really well with my heavy comic which is electra assassin which is the opposite of that Ooh, which is like, yeah it is it is both like it, a formally difficult book like i think it's it's a little bit of a like all right i have to sit down and like really pay attention if i want to get something out of this like there's a lot to like chew on here and then yeah. also, it is a really dark to- comic, like, topically. Like, it's kind of messed up. The main character is a really nasty character to, like, hang out with. Like, he's very unpleasant. The I can't remember his name. But the guy who's narrating the whole thing is, like, a very uh, unpleasant G- person Garrett, to spend. I think his, his name. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I recommend that comic. I think though it's funny, like, Miller writing in his same little corner of the universe can produce, the you know, these two opposite ends of the spectrum. Do you have a, do you have a heavy comic yeah. in mind? I guess... It's I didn't, and I think I overinterpreted uh, Johannes's question because I took it more as like, what's a good first read for the Marvel universe, and what's a bad first read? But I don't think that's quite what he asked. No. But, uh-huh. So the uh-huh. the heavy comic I was thinking, like the hard to access comics were like stuff like Inferno. If you if you haven't read mm, ten years mm-hmm. of X Men sure. comics, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah. yeah stuff yeah. like that. 
I think, or in in a different way, Secret Wars too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, that's mostly because people would read it and be like, "Oh, um, so this is superhero comics, huh? All right, never mind. Yeah, I'm not interested. <laughs> exactly. I thought uh, I like the MCU, so I thought maybe I would try these out, but uh, not for me. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, Something let's... that's easy to oh, get into. Uh, I mean, I'm going back to easy to get into the early New Mutants, maybe because. For Claremont, oh, I think yeah, it's quite yeah, yeah. easy to get into, and it doesn't have a lot of ties to the rest of the Marvel or even X-Men universe. I, it's, it's... This is, you know, I'm, I'm being a parody of myself, but honestly, that those first handful of issues of Alpha Flight, those are very good, like, <laughs> first superhero comic. Like, he really sets up a bunch of new superheroes really well. I mean, that, that's what I keep talking about, Alpha Flight number one. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go back to your first superhero comics years later and think, wow, that was really bad, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, mm. for sure. All right. <laughs> um, more McGill asks is there something you wish Big 2 comics did more of mine is long form storytelling that pays off <laughs> like that's all of that is all of uh, Marvel and DC comics I guess maybe when he says pays off he means that like they stop being obsessed with always reverting back to the status quo yeah so I mean he's probably talking more about you know the way that manga can actually substantially change over time um, but uh, yeah what what's something that for you that you wish Big 2 comics did more of yeah, I, it's a bit vague, but having characters um, graduate in a way, like mm-hmm. the having the new mutants not uh, like that original team of new mutants not always stay the new mutants, but become mm-hmm. the X Men or become something new and different, like yeah. level up in a way, yeah. uh, something like having Peter Parker not have to stay in high school or even university all his life. Yeah, uh, so I, like I wish they let their characters grow up. I guess. You know what? You know who does that pretty well, I think? Or better, at least? <clears throat> is yeah. DC. I think DC, like, DC relies so much so, on, yeah. on the legacy character, right? Like, that they let, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. um, you know, what? what's, oh my god, I totally just forgot his name. Uh, Nightwing. Um, Dick Grayson? Not, yeah, Dick Grayson, right? Like, is Robin to Nightwing, yeah. and then Jason Todd uh, goes from being alive to dead to alive again. Um, and then, you know, like, all the Robins get to move on. Right, and he, they, like, yeah, yeah. move through Robins. I mean, maybe their biggest heroes, like Batman, is Batman, and he doesn't change. But even Superman, right? Like, Superman is moving into the older role and, like, a fatherly role. The Flash, right? Like, they have the legacy of Jay Garrett to Barry Allen to Wally West, etc. Right, like, handing down the mantle of the Flash. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, and, I like, I, I feel like they, they do let characters, like, move on and uh, grow up a little and bit. And really, I think that's something, especially for Marvel, where they might need to do it sooner than later because they're going to be like their own movies are going to make them um not, not useless but like um like for example to me i'm not interested in reading a peter parker spider-man story as a, a teenager or young adult ever mm-hmm. since i watched i watched spider-verse because sure. i that's okay. such a a good new take on the character that I'm more interested in in that in something new and him as a as a mentor as a more adult version of Spider-Man I guess. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I I like the old Spider-Man comics, but I kind yeah. of agree that like it it is it's tough to just being like yeah very stuck stuck in that role of uh you know like guilt ridden Spider-Man. But you know what? I I haven't read Spider-Man in twenty years, so like I shouldn't talk about this at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, that's not true. I've read basically, I've read a little bit of, uh, I, I'm notoriously, you know, the one person who likes uh, 
one more day and uh, <laughs> since since passed. So I've read like maybe yeah. up to then, but I know I know vaguely like wild amount of stuff have happened in the last 15 years. Yeah, but like not to, to spoil him. too much, but to me the most interesting Spider-Man comics of the last 10 years were mm-hmm. Spider-Man comics where Peter isn't Spider-Man, like Super yeah, Spider-Man, we... Miles, Gwen, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah, I I know some of that. I don't want to like spoil that, uh, but yeah. like I I that all sounds like hearing what happens to Spider Man there sounds wild and fascinating to me. So I'm yeah. excited to get to that. But yeah, um, I I've heard that he gets and whatever. I don't I don't need to get into it. Um, yeah. Uh, wait. So what was the <clears> question? <throat> what was the answer? what's um what? Oh, you want you want to see big two comics? Yeah, allowing them to more. evolve more. Okay. Because yeah, like yeah, with the MCU, the MCU has to to go all in on legacy characters because Chris and right. Sarah isn't going to be Thor for the next 10 years. Uh, Chris Evans is done. Robert Downey Jr. is done. So you have to give way to legacy Space characters for... in a way that the comics don't seem to be willing to do. At least not more yeah. than like maybe four years per character. Yeah. And then go yeah, back yeah, to yeah, the status quo. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Which, you know what? Like, I, I'm of mixed mind on of the like, you know, people are like, the Immortal Hulk is ending and like, what a bummer that it's immediately going to snap back to kind of like an older status quo and we're going to move on from yeah. this tone. And part of me is just like, well, it, it is kind of the devil's bargain. You have to, you know, like buy into when you read big two comics that like things aren't really going to change too much for the most part. And that someone else is going to come in and do a new take, right? Like if someone yeah. takes a mortal Hulk and then runs with him in a brand new direction that ignores a mortal Hulk, but then is its own new interesting thing. Like, that's kind of fine by me, right? Like, I, I'm kind of, I'm interested in that. I, I think the problem is when someone jumps in after a mortal Hulk and then is just like, all right, let's go back to what he was before and then, like, tell some boring stories that, like, you know, it's yeah. like if Krakoa ends, the Krakoa era of X-Men ends, and they're just like, all right, let's get them back to, uh, you know, like, upstate New York in a mansion at a school, right? Like, when someone does that, then it's like, well, okay, this is boring. We've been here before, and it feels kind of just like lazy reset. But if some if Krakoa yeah. ends somehow, if they genuinely, which you know, who knows if they're going to move on from this? This just that does seem like a new status quo, and I'm thrilled with that. But like, if that ends the new status quo, and someone else finds something brand new to do with the X Men, cool, right? Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to stay that way forever. Um, it's I, I think I buck more against the idea of it just like having to revert back to basics. Um, although sometimes I do like that. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. Sometimes I am like. <laughs> Okay, phew, like let let's get Xavier back into a school. Um things have been a little messy now, so I, I don't know. I guess it just depends on the run and the quality of each run. Um Levi X asks an interesting question here. Are there any Marvel creators you would have felt who you felt were out of place at Marvel and would have worked better at DC or vice versa? Um I have I guess before we do this, um we should talk a little bit about like I don't know. You do you read that much DC? We should talk about the differences between Marvel and DC. Barely and like any. What we feel. I, I know very little about DC. Okay. Well, big big DC fans might you know uh, argue, and I think this is kind of a never ending yeah. argument. But I, I think the core difference for me for DC um, versus Marvel is that yeah, like I said earlier, DC has a more of a reliance on legacy character, and then yeah. DC is a lot more kind of about these godlike figures. Right, um, like Superman and Wonder Woman are a little bit more big and mythical rather than humans who have something done to them. I think. I mean, I guess like the Flash. Yeah, the, is just I a think human I don't know who done. said that, but like Marvel heroes are cursed with power, whereas DC heroes are blessed with power. 
Sure. I, I, yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, and there's exceptions to both, obviously. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, on both sides, you, you can poke holes in that like argument. Batman but... doesn't really fit into that description. Right, Or the exactly. X-Men either. He's... Yes, yes, exactly. Right. But, like, science-based accidents are just, like, 80% of Silver Age Marvel heroes. It's just people getting, like, science spilled on them and becoming a... a or radiation yeah, yeah. somehow and becoming a, a hero. Um, and that is not the case over at DC to the same degree. Um so that just lends itself often to like bigger. Part of that is Superman. Part of that is Wonder Woman. Part of that is Jack Kirby coming in for the Fourth World, and I yeah. think those are the the big three pillars of uh like the the mythic side of DC. And so thinking of that, Jim Starlin, I was thinking just Th- like that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. And and what's wild is that Jim Starlin did do a stint at DC in the eighties. So after he left Marvel. In the 70s, he did all of his the cosmic stuff in the 70s. He left. He worked at okay. DC for a while. And he went to Batman, which is the weirdest fit. And I've read those Batman oh, comics. Oh, right. Yeah. They're, they're yeah, okay. He, <laughs> they're, he, but they don't suit him that well. You yeah, he was there during the... Uh, yeah, I don't know if I can spoil it. Like, I, I, I think... It, the, yeah, I mean, it, the death in the family uh, yeah, Batman exactly. story. You don't have to get into the details. Okay, yeah. But, like, yeah, it, it's a pretty big story. Yeah, Jim Starlin wrote that. And it's fine. Like, that story's not quite as good as you think it might be if you go <laughs> and read it um yeah it's kind of weird like a major character dies and then like you get a joke where uh joker becomes the ayatollah of iran like two pages later <laughs> and, like, okay yeah at the un to get diplomatic immunity <laughs> like okay it's it's really goofy um and you know and he like did the kg beast he did this run called the cult like there, there's some yeah. interesting stuff there it's okay it's not bad but like what a weird move of like seeing Jim Starlin's strengths and then putting him on Batman. Um, the, the thing is, though, he also did a four-issue miniseries called Cosmic Odyssey. Yeah. That is him doing exactly what you'd want him to do over at DC, which is him doing like a fourth world story. It's kind of like a version of Infinity Gauntlet where he's touching all corners of the DC okay. universe, but it's focused on the fourth world. And it's drawn by Mike Mignola, Mike Mignola of Hellboy. And it's really good. It's pretty... <laughs> incredible and i don't know why more people don't talk about it because it's really excellent stuff but jim starlin doing more stuff like that seems like uh you know it seems like that would be an, an easy fit so um he, he's somebody that works in that big myth making arena really uh really well um yeah, yeah you haven't read that much dc so do you have any do you have any answers no, i mean it's okay if you don't. it's a way more recent answer but uh and that's something i think a lot of people expect in the next few years but hickman doing something at dc yeah, Either with Justice yeah. League, or I've seen people talk about uh, Legion of Superheroes and uh, stuff like that. God, I um, hate the Legions of Superheroes so much. They're <laughs> so boring. They're so boring. I can't. I tried. I cannot find a way to like. My literally, my only context for Legion of Superheroes is Supergirl. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, oh, the the, 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 the TV CW show. Yes. show. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, okay. So let's uh, um, let's move on. We still have a couple questions here, and we have yeah. a lot. To talk about uh, Charlotte, more Miguelesque. Charlotte, I've heard France has a thriving manga scene. Do you have any French manga series you've enjoyed, and what are your thoughts? Yes, I don't have a great answer to this because I, I don't personally know a, a lot of French uh, mangas, but there are a lot of um, French comics, I guess, that are heavily inspired by, like that, that are a mix of um, French and Belgian tradition of comics with uh, yeah, I was a lot s- of Japanese influence. I was going to ask if you knew what he meant by that specifically, because like manga, I thought was pretty limited to like Japanese comics. Well, 
I guess it's like French people doing comics in the left to right and a similar style of uh, the, the way characters uh, are expressed, uh, the way like tropes of um, having uh, two dots for the eyes when a character is uh, yeah, annoyed or stuff like that, you know? Uh, like I, having I... comics that are inspired from the tropes, tropes of Japanese. Uh, yeah, but I mean, if, if you start saying that, then it's just like the majority of American webtoons are manga when really it's just like a bunch of American people like imitating manga styles. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I maybe, maybe that's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm not up to date on the conversation here and, and yeah, yeah. But that's why like, that. I think that I have some examples, but they, they are variant degrees of being close to manga. Cause I've read like French made comics that are basically mangas. Like you would, if you were to see, in, see them in a store, you wouldn't know that they were made by French people. You'd guess they were as Japanese as the other mangas on the shelf. Uh, but then there's also like, um, I think the most two famous French mangas, quote unquote, to be Radiant, which is pretty, I don't know how well known it is in, in the US, but I know it's pretty popular in the in Japan, actually. Okay. Um, and then there's uh, Wakfu slash Dofus, which is a, a French... Mm, Comic slash manga slash animated uh, series slash video game. Like okay. All four in the same world. Oh, oh you, I, yeah. I, I do know this because uh, yeah. there was like a Netflix show or something. Maybe the animated show was on Netflix, yeah. I mean, it was it was on Netflix. It was yeah, first yeah. on French TV, but uh, it probably was put on Netflix. Oh, uh, yeah. This has a very like cute style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, which is like funny. This... Doesn't, this does look like a perfect intersection between like French anime or French cartoons and comics and Japanese. Yeah, exactly. Like it's a really interesting blend of both influences. Cuz like the I think <clears throat> French France is probably the the main um like export of French of uh, Japanese uh, manga and anime maybe outside of the US. I don't I don't even know if it's outside of the US cuz hmm, ever since the 80s 90s uh, I think most uh, cartoons on French TV were uh, Japanese anime. Like, there was a, a huge um, influence of Japanese Dur During the, like, Dragon Ball, like, uh, Sailor Moon Yeah, era. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, there was actually a French um, morning show, and they they put several um, animes on there, especially Dragon Ball, and they redid the, the openings in French, and they all had very different vibes from the original anime. Like, uh, Dragon Ball Z is a... Uh, Shonen manga with lots of fights and all that, and um, the French version is Dragon Ball Z Z Z. That's the opening in French. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. This is a complete uh, distraction. But saying Z instead of Z just it's yeah. the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst <laughs> thing that you Europeans do. Like it's just Z Z. Why are you putting a D in there? It's disgusting. Your sex tape and um, I don't know. <laughs> disgusting. I hate it. Okay, please continue. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean that's basically so. Yeah, I because of that there was there is a lot of Japanese influence on a lot of French comics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like for example, I think um, I don't know how well known it is in the US, but uh, Spirou, which is a Belgian comic actually. Oh uh, yeah, so, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the most well-known Franco-Belgian comics outside of Asterix and uh, Tintin. Uh, Tintin. Yeah. And uh, the. <gasps> you call him Tintin. Tintin. That's really? his name. That's... I know, it's just, it's very cute. I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, the difference is that Spirou changed uh, writers and artists 
Uh, Are you talking about years? Spyro the Dragon? Yes, absolutely. I'm talking about Spyro the Dragon. In, in my fanfic comics about Spyro the Dragon? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, those, no, those are so, popular in France? I have no idea. I mean, they're as well known as any video game, I guess. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Okay. What, what is Spyro? But, uh, Spyro is, um, is a comic about, like, kind of in the Tintin uh, style of... Um, uh, adventurers going around the world and different. Um, that's a, that uh, seems like a really big thing with uh, European comics, right? Yeah, like Belgian yeah. and like, and also even the American comics that get big there. Like we talked about Donald Duck and the Donald Duck comics getting huge, and that's like one of the reasons that that feels like a European comic, even though it isn't, is that it's just this like globe trotting thing. That's so yeah, interesting. I mean, <clears throat> in a, and I'm kind of talking out of my ass here, but uh, uh, it's maybe has to do with like colonization in a way because europeans mm, would sure. go around the world and be feel kind of at home or at um places they felt like they owned the place everywhere i, I mean everywhere. tintin definitely has that yeah vibe, right tintin is full of you know him going to like british colony and yeah, French tintin colony, in right? like, tintin in congo especially is like what is i think it's the second volume of tintin and it's uh yeah awful yes yeah yeah i've, I've read that one i, I have uh, some of those collections but yeah, so basically, in more recent uh, iteration of Spirou, the the new artists that came on the on the title were a lot more influenced by Japanese com- by Japanese manga in a way that wasn't at all the case in uh, in the older um, the older Spirou comics. Hmm. So that that's an interesting. interesting case of like Japanese manga influencing uh, one of the biggest uh, European comics. It's still surprising how little influence manga has had on. American comics, at least <clears throat> the major publications, like the big two. Yeah, yeah, and Still. I think that's that kind of goes what with what you were saying. With it has had a biggest bigger influence on web comics, I think. Yeah, right. I mean, we can talk about this, but like the yeah, yeah. Uh, the the webtoon. As you look through webtoon and scroll through, it is just like a thousand series of people who all you know read and studied like how to draw comics the manga way, right? Yeah, like. Yeah. It is. It is a very clearly the biggest influence on everybody who like is making their own comics on webtoon. Although webtoon is often, I, I've been reading a little bit. Webtoon is full of um, like Asian creators, and there's a lot of Korean creators. I think it started yeah. as a Korean comic website. Yeah, it's it started <coughs> as a Korean. Uh... Yeah. So like clearly, you know, it, it's not just a bunch of American uh, artists. But um, it, the the only time I've actually really seen the big influence, or recently seen big influence of uh, manga on Big two comics, the ongoing Robin series, which is very good. It just started. I think it's only oh, like five it. issues in. It's it's oh, is really that the good. One that everyone was talking about two weeks ago. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think I've caught up on the latest issue, but it's okay. by Joshua Williamson and Glenn Melnikov, and uh, it's Damian Wayne, and it's it's like a a tournament, oh, so, uh, bat- yeah, a battle tournament arc, and like which is you know all just very clearly like manga influence. But it yeah. is also uh, Robin, Damian Wayne himself, is, like, big into manga. So, like, while he's doing it, he's reading okay. the shoju, I think, shoju manga? Unless that's the, like, gay men one. I might be mixing them up. Uh, What's sh- the one for, like, no, teenage shoujo girls? No, shoujo is for... Shoujo is uh, for teenage girls, yeah. Okay, the teenage girl one. No, the, <laughs> the one about uh, men, um, like, men loving men is yaoi. Yaoi, okay, yeah. I, he might like that, too. I don't know. Um... But the show, yeah, he's reading like shoju manga and like these these romance comics, and he, they give full pages to the manga, so like you actually can like read what he's reading. It's very yeah. fun. Although I don't think yeah. they flip it right to left, which is kind of funny. Um, 
they don't uh, they don't like trust American audiences to be able to figure that oh, yeah. out. I guess. Anyway, it's a, uh, it's a very comic. An, I check it out. An example of uh, manga influence in big two comics is uh, like Guru Hero, the the artist studio that we we read yeah. uh, on mm-hmm. uh, Avatar. They yep. did uh, a lot of. I mean, they did a lot. They did a few of um, Marvel stuff. They did um, s- no, they didn't just kill. They did Gwenpool. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. They did. Um, what else did they do? Power Pack. I mean, I, gu- I guess that is a manga influence, but that's also just. Asian artists being yeah. hired by DC and Marvel, which like I I mean I I don't know I guess that's being pedantic whether or not like that's an influence quote unquote but like if you just hired Ichi or Oda to write some Batman comics is that manga influenced or is that just <laughs> hiring a manga creator to make Batman yeah, I comics suppose. yeah I don't know I mean I don't but they don't do manga though right Guri Hero like no from uh, what I know they only do like Western style comics right yeah so I guess maybe maybe it maybe it is. Um, okay, let's. Uh, <clears throat> I think that's going to be it for questions. Um, I actually yeah. think we are kind of running low on time to talk about webtoon. Um, maybe we can fold that into the next variant cover when Dave's around, because Dave. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, to be honest, I don't know if Dave has much insight because I don't think he's read too much <laughs> webtoon. But it will be curious to hear his thoughts about what DC is doing because DC is moving over there. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm the problem. Throat clearer now. <laughs> Oh, boy. And I didn't even get myself a glass of water. It's because I'm sitting here, like, hunched up like a gremlin on the edge of a bed. Like, our mattress is still on the floor because none of our furniture is here. It's just a mattress. So I'm, like, sitting all, like, hunched up uh, in the corner here and, like, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. Cool goblin. So uh, if if we're not going to talk about Webtoon, if that's okay with you, Charlotte. um, Yeah, we can talk about it next time. Yeah. um, Let's uh, let's move into our Shang-Chi talk. And so this is the warning for anyone who hasn't seen it or cares about like minimal spoilers genuinely like I, I don't i don't think like there's i mean we're gonna spoil we're gonna talk about whatever but like i just i don't think it's a movie you can ruin too much by like spoiling any of it yeah um, I mean, if you really don't want to know anything going into it which i can understand don't yeah oh, totally, listening, totally i guess but uh yeah. yeah if you don't care that much there's not it's not a, a an infinity war and game movie you know? yeah there's, there's not there's not, not really that big twist I don't think there's any twists, really. I mean, it's the the joys of this no, movie are what it really looks like in the action choreography in the characters, yeah, yeah. you know. So, um, so Shen Chi, you liked it, huh? I liked it. It's weird because I I was trying to think of like having a, a list of stuff I liked and list of stuff I didn't like, and yeah. the I I found a lot of examples of stuff I had small criticism on, but then on what I liked, I was just like, yeah, it was fun. I liked it. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was fun. I had a good time in the theaters. Yeah. Uh, like, we went to the drive-in to see it, which, you know, like, definitely impacted my enjoyment a little bit, because the drive-in theater is never quite as bright as a real movie theater. So there was some, uh, okay. like, especially at the very end with the big CGI monster dragon When fight it gets scene, dark and, yeah, yeah. It started getting, like, all right, well, things are, like, th- these two monsters are duking it out, and I'm not, I can't quite yeah, tell what's happening. Honestly, I was like, yeah, How to Train Your Dragon 2 did this better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, yes. I mean, so whatever. We'll we'll get into all that yeah, later. That's Let's not, not the immediately most start with <laughs> like the, the week ten minutes ending. <clears throat> yeah. So I have seen uh, one other movie by this director, uh, Destin Daniel Creston, Cretton, Cretton, yeah. Um, and uh, Short Term Twelve, which we just watched, which is a, a movie okay. about it's got Lakeith Stanfield and Brie Larson in it, among some others. It's uh, Rami Malek. It was kind of wild. It was like twenty thirteen. That's a great he got, guess. Like, 
yet three like actors who went on to have like huge careers yeah. and Stephanie Stephanie Beatrice in a small role. Oh um, yeah, okay, yeah. But he, he, <laughs> I'm interested. That's very good. It's it's about uh them. They all work <laughs> at a um a group home for like um for kids who are uh, at risk or who are you know like taken by the state for abuse or mental um, health problems or whatever, and they uh they yeah. all work at a, a, okay. a group home there, and uh it it's good. It's a uh, it's a very like. I was gonna say fun drama. It's not exactly fun. Like it can get serious. Oh, it also has um, Caitlin Dev- Dever Dever, who's like incredible. Anyway, um, really good cast and very fun. Like dynamics between characters. Like that movie. The the real like core of that movie is that the characters all really work well together. And yeah. he has like a, a knack for directing, um, like playful, uh, like in back and forth between between these characters. That's about all I can see of his work in Shenshi. <laughs> is uh, yeah. his ability to like direct the characters, specifically Sean himself and his best friend Katie. Um, the two of them really are like the core of this movie for me. Yeah, and like the important takeaway from this, uh, not not that Tony Leung. We'll give Tony Leung his due later, but like the two of them, I think, are like the really important uh, core of like what I'm excited to see moving forward. Um, Besides that, it's kind of a standard Marvel movie, right? You know, like, you, you kind of have your, your normal origin, and you've got your, you know, four action scenes, and uh, they're yeah. all pretty well done. The jokes work. The the ending is, like, the big, overlong, C- two CGI'd action fight scene that people... it At this point, before the movie started, I was sitting in the car with Rose, and I was like, it's really strange that Marvel hasn't taken to heart that criticism yet. Because... Yeah. Every movie that comes out from them, like every movie now, the critiques are always like, yeah, it's pretty good. The uh, the end battle scene is a little numbing. It's a little too yeah. long. It's a little too loud. Yeah, literally the only exception tr- I can think of is Doctor Strange. The yeah, old, uh, that's that's a good point. Yeah, Doctor Strange yeah. kind of just has the... Yeah, that, that's good. And you know what? Like, I, I agree with those critiques. I, yeah. It, and, and I agree with that when it comes to Endgame, right? Endgame is really guilty of that. But Endgame is the one that I'm just like, I could watch that over and over again. Like, I'm so into yeah. the, Like, the, the pacing of the Endgame one really works for me. So that's kind of the big exception. Because, like, it's it's also full of character moments. And it's I full think of characters that's moments. something that kind of lacks in Chang-Chi, at least in the, the final battle scenes. Yeah, I mean, that's really what is missing here is that it goes from, like, it goes from the core strengths of this movie within the first half, which is Shen Chi and Katie have a really good dynamic between the two of them. Yeah. And it's the two of them together. And Shen Chi having good hand to hand, like martial arts fights. Like those fights are excellent. And surprisingly, like they really lean into the martial arts aspect of this. Like I, I was almost a little shocked that they didn't just revert to kind of the like yeah. general Marvel action of it all, right? Uh, except towards the end. And they really do let, like, these look like, you know, legitimately choreographed martial arts fight scenes. Um, and they're really good. I think they're all actually, like, quite excellent. And then at the end, it, it gets rid of that, and it's just like, he's riding a dragon, and he's flying around, and he's jumping off dragons, and the dragons are tussling, and there's a big dragon, yeah. and people Which are throwing spears at it. I like, kind of like the fight between him and his father at the end, like, before oh, the yes, big that's... CGI fights. I, I agree. That's really that, that scene that fun, calls yeah. back uh, to the scene from the beginning of uh, like them fighting, but it kind of looks like they are dancing. That's a very beautiful choreography. That that might be the best fight scene. Tony Leon yeah. with his future wife there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's and that's the one that is most like paying homage to you know the the 
the film, oh, like older <laughs> films like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, stuff like the Zhang Zhimou films. Yeah. Um, I might have really mispronounced that. But uh, yeah, those those films. That the, That's a gorgeous fight scene. But yeah, that fight scene, the fight scene on the, the side of the roof, the bus fight is a lot of fun. Um, those are all really good action scenes. And then it, and you're right, the one against Tony Young versus his father, when he gets the rings, and they're like facing yeah. off against the rings, and it integrates the rings in a really fun way, where like yeah. he uses the rings as little stepping stones to jump up and you know like do a, a big punch from the sky, <laughs> stuff like that. And like I'm not immune to seeing a cool dragon, right? Like I can see a cool dragon and think <laughs> that that's fun. And, and the the please. like the good dragon did look very good, I think. Mm-hmm. I like the good dragon. I kind of like the all the you know like. All the mythical creatures that were there. The lion was a lot of fun to me. Yeah, I really liked exactly. The lion running around, um, and I liked and overall like the the, the all, whole aesthetic and the whole creature design and architecture of the once that they get to the the city of Talo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very beautiful, and I, I I almost wish they spent more of the like. It was very disappointing that it gets all dark and gray during the final sequence because mm-hmm. that's. Sure. What was very beautiful about Stalo, that was the colors, the everything, what the way everything looked. That's a good point, um, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the other big critique that it's, like, baffling that Marvel hasn't, you know, taken to heart. is like, stop making things, like, kind of a gray and brown yeah. uh, wasteland, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, either yeah. stop doing, like, either parking lots or mud pits, right? Like, um, yeah, 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 I, I agree. I, you know, and Shen-Chi punches a big dragon in the face. Like, it's fun into that yeah. but then it just switches to like there's like six or seven minutes of just pure chaos of like see it, it's all just cgi and you you lose yourself and the stakes vanish right yeah and the characters I, mean, I think vanish, it's literally you know? like five to ten minutes too long yep. the, yeah the yeah, final scene especially and the i'd have less criticism uh of uh, about it if it stopped after the shang chi slash tony leong fight yes yeah i agree i i really like the um i think it was dustin okay i think dustin and our slacks said that his girlfriend, Rachel, said this. So, Yeah. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> most listeners are like, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> he wrote that she was like, it would be really fun if they had done something similar to that scene in Avatar where Aang and uh, Zuko are, like, practicing their martial arts with the dragons in the background, right? Like, the dragons are oh, mirroring uh, them. Uh, mean, yeah, which, like, but that's also, yeah. like, just taking that scene from Avatar. Well, sure, whatever. I don't. I don't care. Uh, I mean, it does. It's not exactly the same. But just having the the fight of the CGI monsters just happening in the background, you know, yeah, and having yeah. it a background thing instead of it being the main focus and just being like your martial arts movie is now a, a monster f- flick that's not particularly well done and yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. Anyway, so the 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 let's let's talk about some of the strengths though. I think the big thing for me is, and man, I I should have looked this. I meant to look this up. It's Simu Lee. Simu Leo? Leo, yeah. I I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I, sh- I should have Googled that. Um, really good. Really good and yeah. better than I expected, given that, like, I don't think he's done a lot of, like, acting in film. Um, I think, like, had what he's D- most well known for is Kim's Convenience. Right, exactly, which is a sitcom, you know? And, like, yeah. moving from a sitcom to being able to, like, hold a film together, like, you being the core focus of a film and you being, like, a superhero, which just requires a lot of, like, screen presence, Right, um, and, and it's it's kind of that indefinable yeah. like movie star thing. I like think he really has it. He has that kind of Chris Evans ability to just kind of like hold the camera and like look cool while posing, <laughs> right? Yeah, Which yeah. is like and tough to do. Uh, 
and he pulls it off. And part of it is that he, you know, he has a martial arts and a stunt background, right? So he's done a bunch of stunts. So I'm assuming he did like a good chunk of his own stunts and uh, fight scenes here. And it really helps that he like holds that physicality, and you can like really see that he yeah. feels comfortable in that space. Um, he really sells that. And like, yeah, I'm really impressed with with the guy. Like, and excited to see him specifically like moving forward. I think he really like. Um, it is an, an exciting addition I, to the MCU. I also like that they. I was scared that they would make him like the way that they would make him funny would be like to make him creepy like everyone else. And I don't think that's the case. Like he's very funny, but he's more there's a there's a warmth to it, I guess almost. Yeah, yeah. He's he's not doing like one liners. Like, yeah, exactly. Almost, I, I don't know if he ever has any one liners. Yeah, you that's know, more Aquafina as the job. Exactly, and Aquafina does a pretty good job. Like, she's very yeah. funny in this. Um, and also, like, she's not over the top. I think her performance is pretty modulated um, yeah. here. I, th- I think she's, like, suits the movie really well, and the two of them bounce off each other really well. Like, th- their friendship feels really, like, lived in. Like, the way that that plane ride when she's teasing him about his yeah. name change. Like, the, that feels like a very, like... Are great. Yeah, yeah, it feels like a very, like familiar lived-in relationship and i I was so happy that they didn't turn it into a romantic relationship yeah it it almost to me i'm like oh are you like setting this up because you want a jim and pam will they won't they thing i I can't tell if they're if they're winking to i mean i i don't really care like but they are aren't whatever i guess it's more to my personal taste that i i like that they stay just i mean that they stay friends yeah yeah that's it's it's fine that they didn't well it's fine that they didn't feel that they had to have yeah, exactly. a romantic relationship because yeah, MCU movies have often forced in the romantic relationship in a way that like most people watch Doctor Strange a second time are like Rachel McAdams is in this weird yeah she's a big actress why didn't I remember she was in this it's like well because she's not really she's going <laughs> like, to be in the second one somehow I mean you know like Natalie Portman is a great actress and they just wasted her I'm excited if yeah. they can utilize these actresses right but yeah, you know, yeah a lot of the early mcu movies yeah maybe had... they'll they'll turn her into clea or something i don't know sure yeah yeah I, she did the voice in the last episode of what if yeah it was yeah. actually her doing the, the voice which was you know surprising and she that was like a much bigger role than she ever played in the movies was that what if role <laughs> that's true and that's what <laughs> Just... she had a bigger role in this tv show in which she gets fridged fridged 1000 <laughs> exactly <laughs> it was a it said okay. Excellent. That was probably my favorite episode, though. It was uh, pretty good. Oh, really? Um, okay. Uh, anyway, so we can. Uh, we'll probably talk about what if once it's all done. I think we'll probably yeah. do a recap on that variant cover. Anyway, um, let's see what else really worked. We haven't talked Shang-Chi. a lot about him, but I, I really liked Tony Leung as the villain. <sighs> I like, like Tony he's Leung not anyway. He's not a, like the, in any yeah. in any <laughs> any way you can give me Tony Leung, I'm gonna be a fan. He's so good. He's so hot like <laughs> yeah oh yeah uh, he's such an attractive man so i mean like he's really fun in action movies like he used to be in a lot of john woo hong kong 80s action movies like um yeah like hard-boiled he's re- really fun in that movie and he's really well known for collaborating with um uh wong kar wai some movies like in the mood for okay, love yeah. which like if anyone here is, like tony young in this wants to see more of him like go watch in the mood for love because it is the, the hottest movie where there's actually no sex or any like sexual <laughs> okay. contact. It is the sexiest movie. Uh, it's so good. And Tony Leung is like Tony Leung and um, Maggie Chung are just like simmering hot in that movie. Anyway, um, but yeah, Tony Leung rules. This it was the most exciting part for me 
during the casting. When he got cast, I was like over the moon, and he totally lived up to it. Like he's so good in this role, and like in a role that like doesn't really have that much on the page. He brings so much to that character just in like in his expressions, in the way that he's just kind of like exhaust. Like you can see the exhaustion in yeah. his eyes. And I really like, like um, that's the way that's the relationship he has with his children is that like obviously he has hurt them a lot and they they're very sinful but they also pity him yeah of, like mm-hmm. the what he's doing comes from place of pain and grief and they're just like they feel for him because they feel the, mm-hmm. the exact same thing as him and yeah that was right, a very exactly. interesting relationship to have between the heroes and the the villain and he and he sold that so well being like a complicated you know yeah. a complicated sympathetic figure who's been this warlord for thousands of years um yeah. with just like just the looks in his eyes of just like the sadness of him wanting to kill his son <laughs> you know but like yeah, exactly. genuine genuinely sold that in a way that you know like arguably thanos does not with the gamora stuff right like it's just a very like subtle human performance um it's yeah he's he's really good and it's not a surprise cuz he's just an incredible actor um it's yeah. very exciting what a what a get for the MCU <laughs> although i will say weirdly like all the stuff about him being an immortal right yeah. and having lived for a thousand years kind of feels beside the point right like when you think about it it's like if he was just born in 19 yeah. 1950 and he got the rings and whatever like what what would change like him being a thousand years old doesn't change anything about this movie <laughs> It's it's weird. It's I, like a strange I mean, I detail that doesn't. It, but, uh... Yeah, I, it's kind of fun. I mean, it does yeah. give us the incredible line, the best line, like the funniest yes. line in the movie to me. <laughs> when that yes, old guy, when the elder of the village, <laughs> says like like talks to him, and he's like, "Shut up, young man," or something. Exactly. It's yes, and it's incredible. like to a seven-year-old man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was very good. <laughs> yeah, 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 I love that line. Um, I mean, I guess yeah. it gives him a, an aura of being almost invincible like it makes him a bigger threat like yeah like he feels like more than just a man yeah i that. yeah i agree I, I agree with that, that that's because a good point that's, I, I just wish there was a little about bit the mcu more. that's outside of the asgardians who else is immortal in the mcu yeah i don't know i mean the uh the eternals who we'll be seeing in a month yeah exactly like yeah. The, there's only godly figures yeah and so yeah, that puts is. him on the same level as those i guess yeah, so like, yeah, very, very, very good stuff with him. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I think honestly, if Shang Chi had nailed the ending instead of like becoming kind of an exhausting monster fight that felt beside the point, yeah, like I think this would rank way higher. Genuinely, like I think everybody, and this is seems like the tone for everyone. Everyone's just like, oh, great first half. Kind of loses me in the second, but what's good is it good enough that I'm still, and like, happy overall? And that's, to me, that's it's about not how in I the feel. second. It's, like, literally the, the final third act of big battles. But, like, the, well, you know, once they get to the, the city of Talo, I'm I'm super interested. Oh, see, okay. A, a so a very I'm... good new dimension, I guess, to the MCU. Hmm. See, I, I think once they actually get to the city, I start losing interest because... Okay. Um, oh, and um, Michelle Yao is there, too, which is, like, oh, yeah. great. Great casting. She's good, as always. Um... Anyway, so that that village, yeah, that village just loses me. The pacing like totally drops down, and it becomes like, hey, now that you're here, there's a gate and there's a monster behind it, and you can't let your dad get to it. And then Aquafina gets dragged off and like starts training a bow and arrow, and then I I don't know, like it totally loses everything that I liked about the the beginning of it. Okay. Um. So like the pacing really drops for me. 
I also saw some critique of it that I, I thought was interesting, and I, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm, I'm curious to watch it again. But I saw a critique of Taolo, right? Is that is that the name of the village? Yeah, I think. Okay. Um, being the MCU trying to replicate Black Panther and Wakanda as kind of having this pan-Asian, like, mythical land, right? Um, that That is just kind of a little bit of, like, influences from all over pulled into this one, like, generalized Asian, you know, uh, whatever, mystical land. That's a little like Kunlun, like Iron Fist's Kunlun. Yeah. Um, slightly like that, which Shang-Chi does not have one of, right? So, like, it is kind of just stealing that from Iron Fist, which, you know, <laughs> fine. Like, steal that from yeah. Iron Fist, please. Um, but, like, that it doesn't quite make sense to have... Like, Wakanda makes sense as an idea because it can kind of stand in as a fantasy and as a kind of a... Um, an argument and a rejection or what's the, the word like, like a reflection of the African diaspora. Right. Yeah. Um, and for African Americans, it's kind of like this, it, like the movie itself functions as this kind of like mythical land for African Americans who might feel like they don't have a homeland anymore because of being stolen by American slavers. Right. And their like entire past is kind of stolen and rolled into, uh, you know, losing their, their heritage. Um, like, that doesn't exist. That's not the same for Asian yeah. and Asian Americans, right? Um, not that this movie's just for Asian Americans. But, like, I, th- I think that's kind of a, an interesting <clears throat> aspect to this movie, that they're just trying to replicate a Wakanda, maybe, and, uh, and that that's, might be a little misguided. That's uh, that's interesting, Chris. I think, like, the closest it is to Wakanda to me is, like, the, the idea of a hidden kind of magic place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to me... Talo is most closer to Asgard in a more mythical dimension mm-hmm. and mythical and magic. So I, I yeah, I, I don't know. And I'm definitely not the best person to, to I mean, discuss the, the, it. Because I don't know that much about if the inspirations of Talo are specifically Chinese or are more mixed up of different um, Asian cultures. You know, what's funny is the credits actually give special thanks to Matt Fraction. And I've seen people, okay. I don't think Matt Fraction has ever write Shang-Chi, but he's written no. Iron Fist. And I've seen people being like, I think it's because they just stole his Kun Loon from Iron Fist. Like, and okay. they are like... I, I know he did some Iron Man stuff with Mandarin, so that yeah. could be oh, okay. that maybe, too. Maybe it's, it's that too, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I, I don't really know where I land on that. I just, uh, I thought it was an interesting like, point no, yeah, to that's, bring up. That's definitely that, uh, interesting. You know, Wakanda works really strongly as a like thematic idea as well as an interesting yeah. place whereas Taolo is largely kind of just a plot device um so uh okay so the last thing we should talk about is uh, i i want to talk about the rings a little bit um okay. i do love the rings i love that they're not like finger rings like the traditional rings from the the comics yeah, I, I like that they distance themselves from like having it be too close to infinity war with the infinity gems yeah, it's more or less just like, it's kind of like if he's Magneto, but he only can control these like ten rings. Yeah, kind of. Like, like he just kind of blasts them around. It, it's a little like Mistborn. Have you ever read that book where like no. he can shoot them at the ground to shoot himself up into the sky, right? And then just also use them as bullets and to punch good. Like, <laughs> and uh, in the kinesthetics of them, like really sell that they're very powerful. Like, Tony Leung just, like, punching through people really works. Um, and the sound design really sells that. So I, th- I think those are really fun. Um, this is, I guess, 
one of the bigger spoilers if you're uh, if you're worried. So at the end of the movie, Shang-Chi has the Ten Ring, um, and he's contacted by like Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel in like a really lame cameo scene that is just yeah, basically that, like that was weird. It's a very lame like, and we have to make sure that everyone knows that uh, you know th- th- he is part of the MCU. <laughs> like we want to make sure that everyone's aware of this. Um, anyway, so like. He he has the rings. Are you surprised that he has the rings? Uh, what do you think about him like having? Powers I was expecting now? him to give them to his sister, and like that mm. she would be the one to take over both the organization and the actual rings. Yeah. Uh, but that's interesting to see going forward Shang Chi having the rings, and if he keeps them as like weapons uh, or part of his costume or not. I don't know. I kind of. Um, that's a good point about the sister. Uh, also, the sister is very good. Literally, her only film <laughs> i looked her up oh, later okay. and i was like yeah, this she... is the only film she's been in she's quite good okay yeah she was great yeah. yeah um yeah she's she's got a really interesting face uh i really i really liked uh yeah i, I liked her in this this role but um yeah i i agree about her with the sister or her with the rings i think that'd be more interesting i was a little yeah. bummed with shen chi getting the rings because it's kind of just like and now you can be an avenger because you have you know like yeah. Iron Man powers, like you can fight Iron Man now, and it kind of feels like no. a way of just making sure that he moves up. Where it's but just it, like all the fights that I loved are him just doing hand to hand combat, and it's like. But it might also be just like the rings are the source for the next threat for Shang Chi too, so he needs to have them for that. But after, sure, yeah, they might be destroyed by the thing that comes for them, or I don't know. Like I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm talking out of. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm talking about both sides of my mouth because I'm like, yeah, the rings are fun. I love the rings. Also, I wish Shang-Chi didn't have them. Um, <laughs> so whatever. That, that's a very, like, that's not a criticism. That's just kind of a personal, yeah. like, I really you... like him just doing martial arts. So, like, yeah. him having the rings is slightly less interesting to me than just hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any context from the comics for what the rings are bringing forth, I guess? Like, what's being teased at the end? Oh, I do not know. I have no idea. I've only yeah. read, do... like... The 70s stuff. Okay, okay. I mean, it's from Iron Man. Oh, okay. Because the, like, it's linked to... Te- I mean, I don't have to say it now because it might spoil the next movie and I don't know how close they're going to be to the comics. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Interesting. Um, but <laughs> if we want to get into fan theory stuff a little bit. Um, so yeah. Mephisto is definitely... Like, his fingerprints are all over <laughs> this movie. I can, I can know. Um, exactly. The only, the only like, because this movie really doesn't leave anything open to, like, oh, what's that? What's going to happen next, right? Like, there's no big cliffhanger. I mean, like, his sister's running the Ten Rings, but that's not, like, a big, you know, cliffhanger or anything. Yeah. Um, the only I mean, little the, wink yeah, at something weird like happening. The, what's happening with the rings? Oh, I guess so. You know, I didn't even walk away thinking. I thought they were just kind of like, oh, there's an interesting power in these rings anyway. But, like, I didn't... Oh, yeah. Well, it's, to me, it's like, okay, well, the next movie is going to be about, like, aliens of people from another dimension uh, coming from the rings. Oh, okay. That sounds crazy to me. Um, I did not get that at all <laughs> from this. Okay. Um, the only thing I got is, like, what is Wong... Where was Wong going with the Abomination? Did you see the weird room they were going to? bringing him back to his cell? Because he's his... supposed to be imprisoned in the raft from Civil War. Is that where it was? Ah, I think so. That's interesting. But it's that's also like, funny. from watching the trailers, I was like, oh, so they might have some uh, fun reason for Wong and the Abomination to be fighting in a cage match, and no, they don't. It's uh, just because it's fun. It is fun. Like, that, that was fun. I liked, yeah, I liked yeah. them bringing... And Tim Roth also, actually came back to the voice. Yeah, really the, funny. <laughs> and confirmation that uh, Wong is the best character in the MCU. <laughs> He's so funny. Like what? He's yeah. Like, the the, the MCU should be seen at the end is amazing. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the MCU should be so grateful that they have him. Absolutely, yeah. He is such... Incredible. Yeah, he's such a good asset to the MCU. And, like, yeah, the best part of, you know, so good in Doctor Strange. And then Infinity War and... uh, Yeah. Well, I guess a little bit in Endgame, but mostly Infinity War. He's very funny in, like, the two scenes he's in that. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, a really good uh, part of the MCU. Glad glad to see him again. Um, So, yeah, uh, I... I liked it, you know, fun MCU movie with an MCU movie. You yeah. kind of know what you're gonna get. Was, uh, um, I didn't quite like to it. To see uh, the to see back. Oh yeah, uh, you know what? I I honestly like. I'm not gonna. I think we should leave that part just in case someone's okay. listening. Okay. Okay. Um. Sorry. I, I'm gonna blank it out, but I will say, funny scene and funny little cameo for like the first scene, and then I wish he had not followed up and been there for the next like ten minutes. Like yeah, I I liked him for one scene, and then like the next three so scenes still had him in it. I was just kind of like, this is beneath you. Like as an actor, <laughs> this is beneath you. And also yeah. like, I I'm kind of done with this joke. Um, <laughs> so but yes, yeah, the first scene was very fun and funny to me with him. So. Yeah. Um. Next is the Eternals. We're like the Eternals is like two months away. Are you excited? Yeah, I am. Uh, I mean, uh, the trailers didn't do much to excite me, but I also feel like it might be because the movie is a bit different from most Marvel stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like having too much hope. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for, for Chloe Zhao in the MCU. I'm excited for like the, the look of the movie and for like the great cast. So yeah, that, I'm that cast is incredible. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. mostly just like, I like, I'm excited about the possibility of adding new stuff to the yeah. MCU, you know, and like a, 12 new characters that I've never heard of all getting added in, played by, like, great actors. Um, and, uh, yeah, Chloe Zhao, who's the director, like, directing an MCU movie, all very yeah. all very exciting. So, uh, And it will continue my legacy of looking at the... Was it Kit Harrington and... What's the other guy? What's the guy who plays Rob Snow? Uh, um, I don't know. But the guy who plays Jon Snow, or uh, Rob Stark and Jon Snow, the two of them, they don't look that alike. But they look alike enough that when I see them outside of Game yeah. of Thrones, I always just mix them up for a second, and now they're cast together in another movie. So that's not going to help me very much. Hey, Richard Madden. That's his yes. name. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Richard Madden and yeah. uh, Kit Harington. Just continuing to help my confusion uh, of the two of those two of those guys. Although, uh, I think it's really funny that Kit Harington is cast as, as the Black Knight after, yeah. after being Jon Snow for so long, right? Like, just really, like, driving home, like, uh, I play characters who have swords, and that's <laughs> that is my exact niche. <laughs> yeah, I mean they they are very different characters, but uh, yeah, that's. Uh... Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure Dane Whitman and Jon Snow are. Uh, I don't have a joke for this. I was just <laughs> that they're the same. <laughs> exactly. uh, okay, well that's gonna that's gonna do it for us. Um, if you want to support the show, you can head over to. Patreon.com slash here, where you can get access to our Slack for $5 a month, to our reading lists for as little as a dollar a month, a bunch of other stuff over there. Um, we're pretty close to being able to do a spawn, a uh, little spawn bonus episode where Dave and I and Charlotte, if you'd like to join us, yeah, uh, read some of the initial Todd McFarlane spawn. I've read it before. Dave has not read it before. I've never read it either. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we just kind of thought, like, since we're in the 90s for my this year, it'd be the time to check out some Spawn, which is still running in 2021. Like, Spawn is still going. So yeah. this series, you know, very interesting. Um, so we're pretty close to our goal for uh, to hit, uh, to, to read some Spawn. 
um, reviews on Apple Podcasts for My Marvelous Year are, uh, are appreciated. If you want to check out My Ultimate Year, Charlotte is now the full-time host, uh, co-host with me along. Oh, my God. I'm having a hard time <laughs> with these. Charlotte is along the full-time host with me for Ultimate My Year. Um, you can uh, you can go check exactly that out over. <laughs> we have a that that's over on a public feed. We're covering the entirety of the Ultimate Marvel Universe, and you can get six months of bonus or like six months yeah. early access to those over on Patreon as well. Music we is by Disaster As always, oh, yeah, we just covered Ultimatum, and that episode should be out sometime this week. I'm Very waiting, soon, yeah. waiting to get my computer fixed so I can edit it, but uh, <laughs> that'll be out pretty soon. Um, and uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you, Charlotte, for uh, for being on the episode. Yeah, thank you. of course. Yep. Love being here. And we will see you next year. See you next year. Bye.